Welcome to the MedTech Talent Lab, the number one catalyst for advancing careers and building high-performance teams. Sponsored by the Anthony Michael Group, helping companies secure in-demand talent in regulatory affairs, quality, clinical, engineering, R&D, and other areas for medical device, digital health, diagnostics, and other organizations across the U.S. life sciences sector. Here's your host, Mitch Robbins. All right, welcome back to another edition of the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Robbins, along with Adam Sapi. Each and every week, we are here talking about all things talent-related within the MedTech industry. We are doing a, a pretty cool new format where we are building a community on LinkedIn called the MedTech Talent Lab, which if you are in the medical device, digital health, or diagnostic space, and you would appreciate tips, tricks, and strategies all related to hiring or career advice, this is going to be the place for you. Uh, And then simultaneously, we run a recorded version of this podcast where we interview best-in-class leaders straight from the industry on all things talent-related. And today, uh, we are going live with a topic about if we as headhunters were to lose our jobs tomorrow, what would we do? And I can promise you that some of the things we're going to talk about today uh, may seem a little um, unorthodox or against the grain, and many are probably unwilling or afraid to do uh, what we're about to share, but I promise you we're going to share strategies that are forward-thinking and that certainly uh, would put you in a position to have a competitive advantage uh, against peers in the industry who would be competing for the same types of, of roles. So uh, with that said, when we talk about best-in-class leaders, we're excited because uh, our buddy Nick Swig is here. Uh, Nick is actually the Associate Director of Talent Acquisition at a company called Beta Bionics. Uh, Beta Bionics uh, is in the novel therapeutic space as it relates to diabetes. A lot of cool stuff going on at that company, uh, but Adam and I have known Nick for quite some time now, and uh, when you talk about doing things right as an organization and doing right things right from a hiring process and for people internally, uh, this guy um, is the epitome. And so we're happy he's here for this topic. We want to get his insights as well. And uh, we'll jump right in. How are you guys doing? Doing great. So excited well. to be here, Mitch. <clears throat> yeah, we appreciate you being here live. Just give me one second here because I was having a technical issue. There we go. Um, so let's jump right in. You know, I want to talk about what's happening in the market right now. Every other day you're seeing on LinkedIn, massive layoffs, massive. And I think historically, most of us would think um, or know for that matter that MedTech is fairly insulated from, you know, um, the ups and downs of the economy. Usually things are at a steady pace, but you've been seeing a lot of these organizations laying off anywhere from hundreds to if not thousands like that. And uh, it it begs, the topic is super relevant today because I got to imagine these people are sitting there thinking, wow, I went into work yesterday, I went into work today, and now I don't have a job. What am I going to do? How did this happen? Where do I even, uh, you know, how do I think straight? What's your guys take real quick on what's going on in the industry today as as it relates to that? Well, one thing I'd like to say is just, I've been there twice myself or in my early 20s. you know, before I was married and had kids in a, in a house and a mortgage and a dog and everything else. So it's not apples to apples, but I really empathize with the folks at, you know, Invitae and Olive and others that we're seeing out there. Um, 
hang in there. It, you know, it, it'll work itself out. But I know there's so much uncertainty right now, and 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 it stings. You know, logically, it's a business decision, but it, you still take it personally. Um, so, just from a you know personal standpoint, I just want to empathize with everyone out there that's that's found themselves in this situation the last couple of days or or last couple of weeks. Yeah, and I think being on the corporate recruiting side, one of the things that recruiters learn <clears throat> is that you're the first one hired, but the first one exited, right? Because once a company is yeah. not going to be hiring, uh, they don't need us. <clears throat> and uh, un unlike my uh, what I expected, I've I've always expected to be sort of in that bucket. Um, I have not been laid off uh, yeah. all these years, but. I spent a lot of time preparing for that contingency and thinking about it. I also think when we look at the market, right, you see the two different almost bipolar effect where on one hand, you absolutely are seeing a large number of companies having problems with layoffs. And then you're also seeing these really encouraging job reports, right? Right, and right. So it, it's an interesting time, and I think the strategies one might deploy in a day like today where, um, yes, there's probably a lot of movement, but there's still a good demand for talent are probably very different than the strategies you might have used in 2009 and 10. Um, so it, it really is just a time I haven't seen over the course of my couple of decades. I shouldn't say that. I'm dating myself uh, in the recruiting space. And that's a great segue. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the last several years and how traditionally people searched for jobs and how people got hired. You know, I got on LinkedIn myself. I want to say it was 2008 or nine, maybe 2009. I think LinkedIn came out in 2006 or seven. It was within a couple years of, of LinkedIn coming out. And uh, you fast forward from LinkedIn then to LinkedIn now complete different animal, complete different animal. And I think, you know, if you rewind years ago, it was almost impossible to get yourself in front of a hiring manager directly if you wanted to. You had to call in, figure it out, go through, you know, the chains of who's who, almost like a detective, uh, then hope that you could somehow figure out how to get your resume in front of them. It, it just wasn't, that's yeah. not, wasn't the practice, right? Today, yep. you go on LinkedIn, you figure out what company you want to work for, you look up the title, and there, there the person is. So the access that is at our fingertips is just, it's amazing. And the, the, the reason I want to talk about this today is I think, I don't people think, excuse me, I don't think people are aware or perhaps underestimate the power of what you can do digitally and on LinkedIn and how you can create a value proposition for yourself and within a matter of days, being have, having exploratory conversations with the exact people you want to work with or work for, right? And so that's what we want to talk about today. And, you know, there was a time where, <clears throat> take, for example, Facebook. People thought, oh, Facebook, it's for college kids. I don't know what that is. Blah, blah. Now you've got the government getting involved to figure out how to manage communication on a thing that's become a monster. So things do evolve. You've got people at the click of a button buying groceries. At the click of a button, it is showing up on your doorstep a couple hours later. So I think it's really important between the three of us today that we kind of talk through, hey, if we were to lose our jobs, what would we do? And I guarantee you, not one of you, and if I'm wrong, correct me, but not one of you would sit there tomorrow and start filling out job applications as your first step, right? And Nick, you're, you're in corporate America. So you take this first, if you would, man. What, am I right? Is that not what you would do? Uh, it's not what I would do. In fact, Mitch, the last time I actually applied for a job 
was the first job I applied to out of college back in 2002 uh, wow. in the state of New Hampshire doing child protection. It didn't work. So I had to launch a new strategy, which uh, leveraged friends and family working at the state. And uh, to date, <clears throat> none of the recruiting positions I've had are positions that I directly applied to. Wow. So. I think you, you're exactly right. And for someone to be working, you know, for 20 years, having not had an application, I, I would say that it tells you you absolutely can do it. Right. Yeah. So for those of uh, those of us or those of you watching and thinking that's crazy talk, um, it's absolutely doable. I think, though, the first thing I would do, and this is going to sound very out of sort of step with the topic of this discussion, but I, I promise I'll, I'll bring it together. I have two budgets that I run in parallel. One is my day-to-day -day budget, and then one is an emergency budget. And essentially, at any point in time, if I were to be laid off or I saw extreme costs that I wasn't expecting, I can very quickly shift over to that emergency budget. Hmm. And while I know that this is not a financial um, advice show, right, why I'm mentioning that is because it affords time. And time is really important if you want the longer term career outlook to look good. I think yeah. the, the worst thing to happen and the trap that sometimes people fall into is they get desperate, right? They don't make changes to their spending pattern or savings patterns. They don't necessarily get on a, a search right away. And when someone starts to feel desperation, they stop being picky. And when you're not being picky about the, the kind of environment you want to work with, the kind of people you want to work with, the kind of work you want to do, um, you're going to wind up at a company in a position that isn't well aligned with your objectives. And that, that creates problems, right? Because your performance will suffer. And as a result, your references suffer. Now, when it's time to look for that new job, you still can't get that dream job because of the damage you've done in this um, less motivated role. In contrast, if, if you're really quick to take steps to protect yourself from a financial perspective and give yourself the luxury of time and allow yourself to continue to be picky about the companies you're looking at and the people you want to work with, the work you want to do, I think you'll wind up with a position that is very well aligned to someone's motivation and performance then just unfolds. It's not even effort, right? And when that performance is there, the references are there. So you can see how quickly we can spiral up our career or spin it out downwards. And so I think that's an important call out, even though it may not be directly tied to the job search, um, but that's probably the very first thing I would do. I love the call out you, you, you just made um, because I think it's the crux of, of so much of this is the security and the safety that you're building for yourself so that in times of uh, unexpected turbulence, right, you're not, you're not falling prey to the desperation. And we've, Adam and I, over the course of our careers, have seen so many executives want to take positions two levels down because they felt the desperation that they need yeah. to get back to work. It's like, you're going to be there for a few months you know, that desperation is going to be relieved a little bit and you're going to be out. So let's slow down for a minute. I know you need to get back to work. Let's, let's be level-headed about this to the best of our abilities. I want to dive in and really share some actionable strategies right away on this stuff, Ping, <clears throat> piggybacking onto what you said, starting with kind of the safety and security as the, as the building block. You know, 
one of the things that we are seeing a lot of lately that's working unbelievably well is people being very, very vulnerable on LinkedIn and, and expressing, look, I've had a job since I was 15 years old. I didn't see this coming. Here's my skill set. Here's what I can offer. Any help is greatly appreciated. And yeah. never uh, like today have I seen the power of what's really going on on LinkedIn uh, be so effective. We're talking, Adam's got a story that he could probably, you know, uh, reference details to, but the guy had like 15 job offers before the end of the week and he had 1,800 yeah, messages in his inbox, right, Adam? The product manager, yeah, we, we alluded to that last week on the show. He was notified on Monday that he got laid off and then by Friday he was updating everything in, in insane numbers of, of views and, and um, <coughs> excuse me, you know, shares and everything else, people reaching out to him. But the end result was, yeah, he had 12 exploratory conversations and or meetings scheduled for last week. So, um, yeah, he, he was authentic. He was genuine. He was humble, but he did a good job of advertising himself. Hey, this is what I am. This is what I'm not. This is the type of work I like doing. This is what I don't like doing. I can add value. Let's talk. And, and it was it was incredibly uh, successful for him. So I wanted to call I wanted to call that out as just kind of a, a quick low hanging fruit strategy that is seeming to work very well. But let's just say worst case scenario, you put yourself out there, you're vulnerable in a post and it falls flat on its face and nobody helps or you don't get the types of inbound attention that you want. What are you going to do next? Again, you're not going to go to the job postings and blast your resume and fill out all these applications and hope that your phone rings. No, we're going to be as proactive as we possibly can <clears throat> so that you never caught, get caught flat-footed in your career, again, we're going to give you the agency to act as if a headhunter was acting for you. And so one of the things I want to talk about is the idea of creating a, a magic list or a hot list of companies that you'd ideally want to work for. And why do you want to work for them? Let's put money aside for a minute. Why? Why? Where do you get your energy from as far as um, – not only the scope of responsibility and kind of operating within your superpowers or your genius, but what are the missions, the values of organizations that you respect and admire? Let's put together a list, 20, 30, 40, 50 companies. Now, let's look at yourself as a value proposition, not a resume, not a candidate, but a value proposition. What problems, pains, challenges do you solve? If I ask Nick right now, what challenges do you solve internally? How are, you, how are you measured for your performance? You would know exactly what you would say, right? And that's the value that you're creating for a company and therefore alleviating pain from your prospective hiring manager. So now if we can start to build this list of organizations, now we can build a, a campaign on LinkedIn to prospective hiring managers. And it's not about, hey, I need a job. Or, Do you have any openings? I, I have skills to offer. No, this is ninja stuff. This is... What is going on with that company? What do I know about this hiring manager? Where are some commonalities? Who do I know that knows this person? You're going to reach out and you're going to connect, and then you're going to send a video message. Nick, I want to ask you a question. As we're going through these strategies, in your LinkedIn inbox, how often do you get somebody sending you a video message? Once, you. <laughs> and, and that's the reality. So you're, you're, this is a great question because you made a decision to do something very different. And uh, here we are years later, right? And and we started connecting because it was right. such a novel idea that even though I thought, all right, it's another you know recruiter reaching out to me, um, I, I just was really um, impressed by the the creativity. And and I think you're hitting the the nail on the head when you come up with a creative solution of that because 
uh, I've told you how many sales emails I get per day. I mean, we're, we're in the 20 to 30 per day range. Yeah. Um, and still to this day, you're the only one. There. So it's, it's an attention grabber and it, it sets yourself apart from all the other noise. You know, earlier you talked about the value of LinkedIn and how much it's evolved over the last mm -hmm. 10 years and how much access to information we have. And that's a positive from a research standpoint, wanting to actively execute a proactive search. Mm -hmm. It's also a challenge because everyone has access to that now. And so you can get a lot of noise out there where um, in the past, someone could potentially ask a couple of buddies or, or what have you. And simply an email to the hiring manager was the novel approach because nobody could find that information. <laughs> I think your video introduction was a fantastic idea. And so far, nobody's really following it. It's, it's amazing. But you just you made a brilliant point is the noise. There's so much noise in our lives and on social media <laughs> and in general. Right. And so all this stuff is how do we how do we rise above the noise to actually be seen? Because you're right, Adam's got a box that's flooded with messages. I've got a box, you've got a box. What is gonna stand out from all this stuff, right? And so that's what we're trying to teach you here is how can you be a cut above? That's what these strategies are. And that's why we wanna give these to you because that's what this is all about is being a cut above. So with that said, the, the video message, and it's, it's more so about offering value or offering something complimentary and building a relationship to start with. We're not going in for the kill right away. Think about a, a first date or um, uh, I can't think of another example off the top of my head right now, but you don't go and meet the person, and tell them every single thing and then ask them to marry you right then and there, right? It, you're trying to warm this up, right? But you're doing it in a way that creates value and authenticity and you're being as genuine as you can. This is going to help a step at a time morph into, hey, it's an exploratory conversation. Let's meet on video and share a beer or share a coffee or whatever. I'm really interested in what you guys did there. As a matter of fact, when I was at XYZ Company, we did something really similar. I'm hoping I can add two, three pieces that might help you guys. I haven't said anything about an interview yet. I'm trying to associate with somebody that I respect, that I ideally want to work for, but I'm trying to come in from a position of creating value. Does that make sense? Yeah. And what I do you think guys think the right approach <clears throat> yeah. for sure. Because and if you don't, please, that's what this show is about. Push back if you don't. No, I, and as a recruiter, I rather enjoy these conversations more than the more traditional, I post a job, you've applied, and now I'm interviewing you because you can see beyond the box that you're trying to squeeze the candidate into, right? So if we have a you know, warehouse supervisor position that we're talking about, the entire conversation structured around the skills, knowledge, competencies that we're looking for, and of course the expectation the candidate has, but, but when we're having a more open career call, I call them career calls um, over at my company, and I always invite people, reach out to me, schedule a career call. Who cares if we have a job that's open that fits your background or not? Because it's a lot more fun to talk about the types of talent we're going to be hiring over the next 18 months and the types of solutions you've brought to your organizations over the course of your career, because at times you see beyond that box and you realize that someone's capability or their passion would lead them to great success in areas that maybe even they hadn't considered. Yep. Um, I had one candidate uh, years ago that I uh, was considering for a talent acquisition role, 
And ultimately, I felt this person would be fantastic in project management, um, limited experience in recruiting, but recruiting and project management are very similar. Let's put it that way. And I just felt personality-wise, she was just going to be a better fit over there. Um, she went ahead, looked into it, and she's been working in that field now for years and loves okay. it. And it doesn't require some of the things that she was going to struggle with in the recruiting space um, and includes more of the stuff she was really good at. And that wouldn't have happened if we weren't just having more of an open conversation. Yeah, absolutely. What's your thoughts, Adam? Yeah, it's amazing. Well, we've talked about, we've bragged about Nick before with the benchmarking, or excuse me, the um, the build, building a bench, build, you know, building a succession plan proactively. So that doesn't surprise me that you have these uh, the conversations all the time. Um, and I think one, one thing you brought up too, Nick, was almost like the reflection piece, the soul searching piece. And, and I think a lot of us, a lot of people have done that since 2020, you know, in the last 18 months or two years, what do I really want to do? Well, I've always been in ortho, but you know, my uncle who I love has diabetes. I've, I've really wanted to migrate into the diabetes space. So how do I do that? Well, let me get in front of Nick and pick his brain and, and let me put myself out there. So I guess one, two big takeaways as I'm thinking about this for everyone, for all of us, whether we've been impacted or not, one, do some soul searching and and find out what what's next for you. And then two, let's be proactive so that unfortunately, you know, these are cycles. So in eight years or whatever it is, when when these economic downturns happen again or, you know, companies have to cut people, we're ahead of the game. And we've already been following, a, you know, our short list of companies for 12 years. And we're like, hey, we know each other. I just got laid off let's talk, you know, but, but, but I know today's show is for folks maybe that haven't been proactive in that and they find themselves in the situation. So what are some actionable strategies? And um, that's really interesting, um, Nick, that Mitch is the only one that's reached out to you via video. So this is a guy that talks to a lot of viable candidates on a daily and weekly basis. And that stood out. So one it's big brilliant though it's, a, my, it's is, the point is exactly it. yeah. yeah it's Every, the point exactly yeah but you know everyone's Adam, got a everyone's got one of these so you can record yourself and and upload it uh basically for free mm -hmm. and not only that but it's it's amazing the segues that you guys are creating for the show it, it's not just let's I don't want it to be just about, oh my gosh, I'm in dire straits, I lost my job. I also want to be a little bit more optimistic and say, okay, take these lessons now so that you don't yeah. get caught flat-footed. Right, and right. with that said, this is where the bridge comes between candidates and, and uh, hiring teams. And again, I do believe that hiring is a team sport. I don't believe it's human resources or talent acquisitions, sole responsibility. I don't believe it's third-party searches, sole responsibility. And I do believe that the hiring managers have a responsibility as well and sure. to collectively um i think that there's strength in numbers you know versus uh putting it on one person so with that said one of the other things that i want to make sure we teach is the the power of engagement okay so on linkedin you've got your linkedin profile you've got content that we'll talk about and then you've got engagement there's so much value and power in creating um awareness by engaging on other people's content so let's say yeah. Nick puts out a piece about beta bionics or he puts out a piece about, you know, a hiring story that they just went through and you engage on that post. Now Nick sees your name. He, you see, he sees that you liked it. You leave a comment. Now you've created some awareness. Now he puts out another post. You do that again. Now you send him a LinkedIn invite. He's like, I saw this guy's name three times. How much more likely are you, Nick, to, to accept that invite? Now you create the video message. You've just warmed this up from simple engagement. 
also when you engage it the algorithms like create this magic where now you'll start being in the feed more you'll start seeing each other's stuff more and so there's huge power but if hiring managers and hr and talent acquisition folks aren't creating content you're leaving a gaping hole for prospective talent to not see or recognize you right if you're not out there and if we're teaching the strategy but you don't have content so it's a yin and a yang thing um thoughts on engagement guys what do you think about what i'm saying as far as the power of of being out there engaging on people's uh, content oh agree completely in fact i enjoyed a call with one of my favorite hr directors uh last week because it was a slow day i got onto linkedin and of course i was engaging in more content that day because it was a slow day Sure enough, 3,000 miles away, she pulls up LinkedIn, and what does she see? My name popping up in her feed and thinks, hey, I haven't talked to Nick in a while. And, and that was, of course, you know, conversation between friends, but your, your point is sound that when you start engaging with that content, your name starts to surface and, and come forward. And as a recruiter to see a name they recognize versus one they don't, there's yeah. obviously going to be a different way that we might approach that conversation or that email. Um, So I absolutely do think engaging in content is important. I also think it's important to think about what you're putting out there. Certainly on the recruiting side, one of my pet peeves is the recruiters out there, and I'm so sorry to 90% of the recruiters out there, you know, hey, I'm hiring, here's a job post. Hey, I'm hiring. Here's a job post. Nobody's engaging with that content, right? That is that is so the digital wild. version of a job description posted on Indeed. That's the digital version. That's exactly what it is. And and um, you know, I I often tell the recruiters that report to me, don't worry so much about posting the job on LinkedIn, right? Post content people engage with. They will go to your profile, they will see the company you work for, they'll go to the company website and then search the careers and they'll find the right job for them. Mm -hmm. So you can post about a fancy clinical research associate job all you want, but only 0.0001% of your network is gonna really engage with it because it's just folks in that space. Mm -hmm. But if you instead post something about, um, you know, running clinical trials in the age of a pandemic, right? The, The trials and tribulations of that, and it's something that people can engage with, the next thing you know, not only are they engaging with it, but they're sharing that content with their friends. And you have so much more access to the relevant talent for that particular role you might be recruiting for. Same can be said for the candidate side, right? So when you're sharing content that you're engaging with, right, This there's this new study about how to effectively execute a project charter when starting a project plan. Um, as a recruiter who might be looking for a project manager, you're not showing up as someone who simply does project management. You're showing up as someone who lives it, right? Every day, and you guys know me, I live recruiting. So when you can see that kind of uh, you know passion running through their veins, you just get excited about what they can potentially do for you. Absolutely. And- I want to talk about the content for for a, me, for a minute. <clears throat> it's amazing to me how many people are willing to sit there for hours on end banging out applications, going through every step, you know, all the way down to the social security number and, and the attachments and the <laughs> references, all this stuff. But they 
but they won't take 30, let's just say 30 minutes to think about an idea that they're passionate about that adds value, create a video and a hundred thousand people see it on LinkedIn. Think about this, the power of the reach that yeah. you can have if you shift your focus. And so when I wanna, I wanna talk about content, a lot of people are intimidated. They don't know what to say. They don't know how to say it, or um, they don't know how, you know, where to post it. How do I do this? The best content is the most authentic, genuine self you can be. What do you know every single day? If I was to give Nick advice, and not that you need it, but I'm just saying, you're an HR, a talent acquisition leader. If I was to say to somebody who's not, not sure what to post, post a day in the life of a talent acquisition leader. What is going on in, at the office? What are you guys working on? What are you dealing with? What's your frustration? You know how many people are going to look at that and be like, wow, not only is this guy super real and he's letting us into his world professionally, but oh, this looks like a cool company because if he is this way on camera, maybe the rest of the people are similar. Or, you know, here's one of my recruiters. She's got 16 recs on her desk and here's what we're doing to engage with talent. And here's what we're, people wanna see the real you. Or if you're a hiring manager, why, you know, how did you get to where you got? Who, who kind of set the, the path for you? Who gave you an opportunity to cut your teeth? And what are you trying to give back? And why should somebody care about working with you? What are you gonna do for them? Put that in a 45 second video. Hey, I'm hiring for my team. If you're this type of person, here's what I can offer you. And here's what I think is great about working here. And here's why I've been here for 10 years. Or if you're a candidate, I, you know, I just, we've been working on this ERP implementation for a year, three roadblocks we ran into that we didn't expect. Here's what we did about it. And we're so happy because we did this and this. You know how many people are gonna That's be huge. excited to read that? Yeah. Sorry, I get, I get fired up about this because it's, it's easier than you think. You've got stories happening every single day of your life that you can create into powerful content that also gets you massive visibility and helps with your job search. Go ahead, yeah. guys. <laughs> well, and, and we can even go all the way back to basics. So first of all, log in to LinkedIn maybe twice a day, right? The yeah. algorithm picks that up. Uh, make an edit to your profile once or twice a week. The algorithm picks that up, right? When you are um, even maybe not creating new novel content or even engaging in others' content, if, if you're going into the system sort of with the mindset of, let me, let me just improve this a little bit better, your visibility goes up. And so, you know, most recruiters know make edits once a week because even if we're just moving a period from here to there, it's enough to tickle that algorithm so that more people are seeing uh, me, my profile, and that I'm surfacing. So I think thinking creatively about how to leverage social media is a, a big piece and using it for the, the research. You know, one of the tricks I don't tell many people, I'll share this with uh, your viewers, Mitch, is that um, if you want a way to get a guaranteed phone interview with me, uh, simply research me enough and address your cover letter to me, because if someone has done that kind of research yeah. and spent the time, they've submitted a cover letter, which I don't require at my, I don't even require a resume in our application. Um, mm -hmm. But if someone takes the time to write it, research it, address it to me and submits this, I don't really care what their background is. They're going to get some kind of an, an interview, either an interview wow. for the open job or a career call because that takes tenacity and creative thinking and time research. All of these things are things I value in employees. And so why wouldn't that grab my attention? Um, and in an age where 90% of applications do not include a cover letter, that's another area where you can now be different. 
right? I think most people think of the cover letter and resume as being standard practice, but it isn't anymore. And it hasn't been in many years. And so if you want to stand out, you know, put a cover letter together. Please don't just use words to re-communicate your resume, right? I, I don't need you in paragraph form to describe the resume, but tell me what makes you tick. What's your why? Why is my company so interesting and compelling to you? And these can be really powerful ways of getting a foot in the door, for sure. And I would go, Adam, I know you had a thought. I want to make sure to, to get to that. But um, as far as the cover letter piece, these are things that can be done in video format, too, in a couple in a, in a minute. Hey, I, I am so interested in beta bionics. I've been following you guys for six months. I saw that you're doing business in this. One of the things that I thought could be of value is I just researched this. You know, would you be open to a 15-minute conversation? Love to share more. Something. Um, nobody's doing that either. Nobody's yeah. doing that. <clears throat> Go ahead, Adam. Otherwise, I'm going to keep I, you out. No, I'm writing down my takeaways. So one, I didn't know that about the editing uh, of a LinkedIn profile. So I appreciate that that takeaway. But from someone in the know, here, here's your takeaway. If you use video, you will get a conversation. If you use a cover letter, hey, Nick, so excited to reach out to you. You went to Miami of Ohio. I went to Miami of Ohio. Well, you know, whatever it is. Hey, you, you follow so-and-so influencer i've really found value from her or him whatever that that connection is research do your do your homework and then you know it is it's flattering and and i i don't i mean shoot i see resumes all day every day and and i probably see gosh three cover letters a month if if that and that's probably a stretch we just helped a a person get a job today and she wrote a really nice cover letter so maybe six weeks ago so maybe there's some uh you know proof for that as well to rise above that so if, if you're in that spot where you're trying to get in front of a hiring manager or a talent acquisition leader that can get you in front of a hiring manager, um, there you go. Video and or, uh, you know, personalized content, um, to, you know, to reach out. So those are two huge takeaways from, from today's show. I want to try to wrap this up a little bit, but I want to share a couple other things before we go. You're thinking about how do I engage? How do I find the post? There's a feature on LinkedIn where you can find who within your target audience has posted within the last 30 days. And you can start there. And you can look at their posts and start commenting, liking, engaging that way, then send them an invite. You can also hit, there's a notification bell on people's profiles. You hit the bell, now you get notified when they post new content. And so I think the message is is twofold. One is for people who are gainfully employed, who aren't being caught flat-footed as of the, the recording of this show, who can start to be proactive. Because here's the thing, this is all about personal branding one way or another. And I always say, I've said this on many shows, the minute that you step out of your house with the window shut and the blind shut, and the minute that you step out into the public, either um, you know, in person or creating a digital footprint, you have a brand. Doesn't matter if you wanna have a brand or not, you have a brand. Question is, what type of brand do you want? And this is all about branding. So if you can be proactive and start positioning yourself as more of a thought leader, and yes, every single one of us is a thought leader in our own rights. We all have a, a superpower. We all have a strength. We are all superpowers, excuse me, thought leaders in one way, shape, or form. But if you just take these small steps, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, you're going to start to create more of a name for yourself. People are going to start reaching out to you. You're going to have more opportunities than you can think of when you're not even ready, let alone when you need them. If you're in a spot today where, you know, unfortunately you're a victim of a layoff, you're not sure what to do, start online. Do not start with the job postings. You could do both. I'm not telling you don't. I'm not saying don't submit applications because let that work for you. But take matters into your own hand. Be proactive simultaneously online 
and start implementing some of these strategies. If you need help, we're always here. But guys, I'm going to turn it to you to kind of give final words on this because I feel like you guys have been awesome. This has really been some good stuff, I think. If I can piggyback on, on what Nick started with too. So, well, one, I'd say use this time for reflection rather than, like you said, oh, I just got laid off. I'm going to start applying to 30 places right now. Go for a hike, go to the lake, go, you know, drive, drive in your car and listen to your favorite music, whatever it is, take a minute. I, I get it uh, that, that these are, you know, stressful times distill down, like in your budget. I love that idea, Nick. So hopefully a lot of these companies, I think probably did a, a decent job of, of a solid severance to buy you some runway, look at your savings. If you need to move in with your mom and dad, if you need to get another roommate, whatever you need to do to avoid the short-sightedness of, gosh, I need, you know, it's July 20th. I need, an, I need a job by August 1st. I don't care where. That's going to end, end up poorly. Like you said, uh, Nick, you'll spiral down versus spiraling up. So take a minute, really create a strategy of where you want to go next and and then create your content around that video is is the way to go and personalized and authentic is is the way to go um but yeah and and then the branding piece of it you know i think there's just so many things you know i was i was kind of reflecting on this morning the two times i found myself in this and this was before people worked remotely so it's just hey I was at E-Trade Financial in Huntington Beach. Here's what's around me as far as I can drive up the 405 and let me physically get my, my paper resume into a, a few people. Hey, relax. You don't have to do that anymore. You can work for a company in Austin doing the same thing as you did in the Bay Area. You can work in RTP. You know, So, so be strategic. Be, have the sense of urgency, but also be that you, you've earned the right to be picky and you know, it works out for a lot of people where, hey, I, I was complacent in this role for eight years. I probably would not have left proactively. This forced me to do so. And boy, you know, six months later, I'm so grateful that this happened because it forced me out of my comfort zone. And now I'm thriving in this new role. I pivoted or whatever the case might be. I finally got into the diabetes space, which I'd always want to do. This was that, you know, that catalyst for that. So try to stay optimistic. Um, and I'm rambling here, but I'd, I'd love to turn it over to Nick, but I just want to piggyback on a, a couple of, you know, some really good ideas that you've already shared in this, this show. Yeah. And I was just going to expand a little bit on something that you said earlier, which was to have that short list of companies mm -hmm. um, and expand it to simply include um, what's the short list of situations you want to be in. Right. So um, as I started to feel, I think a year six, seven, eight at my last company, that it was time for me to start learning and growing again, because uh, you you kind of max that out after a certain amount of time. I, I really spent a lot of time thinking about what's the ideal environment. Here I am at a twenty billion dollar company. My team's hiring thirteen hundred people per year, um, and I thought I've never seen a startup. And I've never not had a team, right? Well, I wonder what it would be like to have to build everything from scratch. And doing this kind of activity helps us recognize when we see success so that when you are looking at the job boards, because to your point, Mitch, I, I wouldn't eliminate that strategy. It's a launch pad to all the other research you can do. When you see that really cool position at a company that's on your list, okay, now what are the next steps that I can do? Uh, to really get excited about that opportunity. Um, and the only other thing I wanted to mention, because this is a little bit counterintuitive, and I don't know why this is. We'd need a team of psychologists, I think, on the show to explain <laughs> this one. But for whatever reason, when you're reaching out to someone you don't know, right, maybe it's a hiring manager, recruiting professional, HR professional, if you include questions in your email, 
you are quite a bit less likely to get a response. Hmm. If you do not include questions, the chance of response goes through the roof. And I have spent years trying to figure out what, what causes this. And the only thing I could estimate is that when you're asking questions, you're sort of creating this obligation that you need to respond. So, you know, Adam, are there any open positions today? Right now I've placed Adam in this position where despite the fact that that email came in unsolicited, now I'm demanding he answer something. Mm. And, and I think psychologically, we just don't want to engage in those kinds of obligatory tasks. Huh. Whereas when someone reaches out and just says, I love what you guys are doing. I've been following you. I'm so excited to see you grow. I just wanted to say good luck. Well, you can bet not only am I reaching out, but I'm also asking that person, when are we going to talk? And, and what do you do? What can you do wow. for us? Right? Wow. So, um, that really I, is countered. I didn't, I didn't know that. Yeah. Too. I, I went with what you just said about if there is a question that they are, you know, prompted to respond. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I don't, and I, you know, cause when I was on your side of the desk, I, you know, gave this advice to candidates all the time and I sometimes didn't. And I watched the response rate, you know, when mm. someone followed up after an interview and when there's questions uh, in that wow. email, you know, thanks for the, the um, interview, how long until you make a decision, they never get responses, but wow. if you just say, thanks, I had such a great experience. Um, let me know if you have any other questions. Bang. We loved having you too. Thank you. We'll be in touch in two weeks. So um, that's one of those things that I'll, I won't probably ever fully understand, but it's a, a trend that I've seen over the course of my entire career that seems to endure whatever job market uh, is, is happening out there. Um, so don't ignore the traditional means of finding a job. Use those as a launch pad, though, to be creative, be different. Um, as a recruiter, you never want to follow the pack because you'll never yeah. get noticed. Yeah. Same thing if you're a candidate, right? If, if you're looking to the left and to the right to figure out what to do, they are going to get there first and you aren't going to be noticed. You, you want to look to the left and right and do the opposite or something completely different. And I, I wouldn't be concerned about failure. Um, in recruiting, we fail more often than we succeed. That's just the way recruiting is. And it's the same in a candidate space, right? What do they say? You have to apply to 10 jobs to get one interview, interview for 10 jobs to get one offer. There's a lot of failure. Don't yeah. be afraid of it. Pick up the phone, try a video, try something new and different. The worst that could happen is they say no or they don't respond. Nobody's going to die because you tried a video message, right? Yep. So uh, those would be my closing thoughts, Mitch. Fant fantastic, cool. guys. It's so much gold here today. And, and I, I, I lie, I'm going to add one more piece to what you just said. <clears throat> Even if you don't get the engagement, or you don't get the response, or you don't get the success that you are like, hey, these guys told me to do this and I'm doing it. It's not working. You got to do it. Just keep doing it. The process works doesn't mean that it's going to happen, uh, you know, on the first try. So keep doing it. Not only do it, but keep doing it. So practice, uh, iterate. Yeah, man. yeah. Nick, Adam, man, awesome show. Thank it was you a great show. Thanks, really Nick. Good. Yeah, this was awesome. Thanks for listening to the MedTech Talent Lab podcast. For more content-rich episodes, log on to theanthonymichaelgroup.com or subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.